0: all these things that um, have affected, I guess, not just Samoa but Pacifica itself in terms of uh, the Western influence or um, businesses like have, that have come in and, and the effect of, you know, just globalization and also um, just the, yeah, the environment as well. Tena koutou, hui e tina, koutaku, tia I We're giving you a backstage pass. Sharing insights about the mahi that goes into creating great theatre with Auckland Theatre Company. Come intrigued, leave inspired.
1: Kia ora and welcome to Backstage Pass. I'm in London and I'm giving you a backstage pass to discover what it takes to create exceptional theatre in Aotearoa. Come on this journey with me as I talk to directors, actors, creators and designers to learn more about the work that goes on behind the curtain. We'll uncover juicy anecdotes from the rehearsal room, we'll dive deeper into important themes and we'll discover how much hard mahi it really takes to take plays from page to stage. Ole Bebelo Linga Oi Malepala Ai, The Lie the Thief and the Coward, is a Samoan play that explores the faa Samoa tradition of service and family dynamics. Set in Samoa's not-so-distant past, the story revolves around Bele, a proud chief in the village of Moa. The play delves into themes of leadership, legacy and the complexities of family politics. Today I'm joined by playwright Sarita So. Sarita is a multi-award winning writer, actor, producer and she is the co-founder of I Can Sew Productions which was founded in 2017. Welcome Sarita, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Hello, so. thanks for having me today. First of all, what inspired you to write this play? Oh my gosh, well so many things really. Um, it's just become the norm where... I guess, you know, for lots of either, you know, Pacifica or Māori theatre, we're in this position where we're always constantly, I guess, translating, like, what's known as the greats or the classics into our own languages. Um, And we were like... um, why not create our own epic, you know, because there's so much stuff that we can draw from within the wha'a and within, you know, the Samoan culture that would actually um, make for a great, you know, I guess, modern classic. Um, And so that was, like, the first initial response of why we wanted to make this work. So we, you know, started dreaming around what would a modern Samoan classic look like? And then we were also really, like, I guess, you know, we're always following what's going on around the world as well. So it was at a time where, OK, COVID was happening, but also there was a change in government that was happening in Samoa as well. Um, and it was um, with the previous um, prime minister who was sort of refusing to step down. So we just sort of thought from the basis of that character, um, what, what what would this, if the world was revolving around this character who was refusing to give up power, what would that look like? Um, and then also, you know, there's sort of discussions that we've always had around, I guess, the wha'asamo culture and how, we, how it sort of exists or lives in, in practice for just us in everyday life as well, for Natano specifically, because, you know, he is Samoan. In a modern context, you always hear, which is really sad, people going, oh, you know, we're not going to do the wha'asamo thing because it's too much, it's, you know, too expensive or, you know, it's too drawn out and, and it's really s- I mean, like, even from my own perspective, being Cambodian, if I, you know, to hear something like, when you're like, oh, it's just too much to do the thing that we used to do, but um, you can kind of see, for him, he can see both sides of the coin, because it's this thing of, like, well, there was a time and a reason why... Um, you know, the things were the way they were within the War back in the day and he can and, and it worked and it was there for a reason to keep the peace, to keep the unity, you know, the wellness of the, the village, etc. So, yeah, that's why it kind of, that was what we, I guess, many, many seeds of why the story has come about and why we wanted to create it. Mm.
1: For those who aren't um, potentially familiar with
0: wha'asamoor, could you just give a brief rundown about what it means basically the idea of it is this idea of respect and love this idea of Um, and so that's you know the respect and the love and the wellness also of um, the well-being of the whole community and and the family and yeah so yeah it's it's, it is complex to try to define because it's so big Um, but yeah it's basically that sort of foundation of how things can work or you know um, and the respect between people. So how,
1: how do you balance um, kind of honouring the tradition um, and cultural heritage um, in the play while still trying to engage and relate to a more modern or diverse audience?
0: Yeah, um, I think that's a tricky thing because it's like, if you're coming from a really earnest um, point of view where it's like um, this was the way and this was the tradition, it can become kind of like... A, i i don't know didactic and so i guess that's why the world that we have created is 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 kind of like we draw on all these things and we um you know we, we refer to them but we do not try to represent them in the sort of like traditional traditional way but yeah it's um Represented in a very warped kind of world so that, you know, it, it, it doesn't try to be too... um, ..to, to say... Because the thing is, there are no answers to this play. We're not saying that we have to go back to the old ways and, you know, like, and to discard the new ways. Because we're here now, we have to live with both, so how do we live with both and hence this kind of weird, warped world?
1: Mm. Go, I, I guess going back to um, the idea of this warped world and the balance of traditional and modern there's also quite a balance of some real serious issues that are being discussed um and quite a comedic side Mm. so how do you balance um finding the comedy amongst um the serious conversations that are going on
0: yeah um you make what you want to see and so for us um you know, in terms of our sense of humour, or you know, like what we what we like, or what we enjoy, um, it's quite hard from our own experiences of going to see stuff when it's really earnest or when it's really you know serious. Um, and I think that you know it's just the the, the same thing of the light and shade thing. It requires both for both to be seen and to sing in a way. Like, um, so. F- so it's kind of like yeah you can draw them in with the comedy and then you you know you slip in what you're actually trying to slip in because if you're just telling people um, how it should be it's like very hard to you know people just kind of turn away so it does require both for it to be a full experience and that's what we were really after as well that we um, are providing or bringing this this full experience for people so that there are moments of relief and then then we go back to the underlying issue. Of what we're trying to say it's
1: kind of like that concept of like a spoonful of medicine or a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine goes down that's right yeah yeah going back to your writing process of the play um how do you approach the research and can you can you walk me through the kind of prep work that you that you went through before you started writing
0: yeah I mean uh Obviously, it was a lot of it was like I guess trying to draw out from Tano because um, you know because I haven't been brought up within the Samo myself, so it's um, like lots of conversations and trying to get him to break down what it is that he sees and then you know and then sort of like translating it into my own brain to. Find an equivalent within my own culture. Um, it was like interviews with, like um, I guess you know, quite knowledgeable people, um, and um, lots of just I guess research of um, like the studies around um, I guess Sam more in a modern context. You know, from like scholars and stuff. That's the kind of stuff that we were like looking into. So, um, yeah, and you're also looking at like I guess from a from a, a uh, what's it called? Like environmental, you know, point of view as well. Like all these things that um, have affected, I guess, not just Samoa but Pacifica itself, in terms of uh, the Western influence or um, businesses like have, that have come in, and and the effect of you know just globalization and also um, just the, yeah the environment as well.
1: There are a lot of um, really big issues and conversations that are happening throughout the play, but. What is like, I guess, kind of the key thing that when the audience is on the way home, what do you want them to be talking about and thinking about?
0: Yeah, well, what we—I didn't realise, you know, in the beginning was that, you know, I guess the equivalent of say, like, um, in Maori culture, when people will, um, in an introduction, um, uh, sort of talk about their whakapapa, um, within like a, I guess, traditional Samoan context, that wouldn't normally happen, um, and these things are unspoken. So, like, the idea of someone's ngafa, um, one's sort of genealogy you don't normally go around like exposing it because the thing is bec- because it was you know it's an oratory based system back in the day um even just by saying somebody's name you would know you th- and those who know would know how they are related back to then like I guess the forefathers or the bigger chiefs you know it's not that we want people to be talking about the enough or like their genealogy but it's the thing that um all these things have had an effect on, um, I guess, titles and how, um, like, the, there's, the, these are really sort of current things that are happening right now, you know, in terms of chiefs and titles and um, leadership and um, and these family issues that um, come out of that. Uh, so it's, I guess it's for people to really connect with their own families and their community to be like, this is not spoken about and well, why don't we speak about this? Um, because every, lots of... It, all families are going through it but we haven't had a sort of collective conversation about this thing Um, and you know obviously when we're talking about how things change um, and you know titles and matais um, within the wha'asamu comes as another theme within the play so it's the idea of like well that system itself has changed um, and what are people's responsibilities around that like if back in the day there were perhaps you know that a title might have been given to one person or maybe two or three at the most now we're dealing with like titles that have been given uh, given out like uh, you know 20, 30 years ago like there's just like a it's just like the surge of it so um yeah, I guess what are people's responsibilities then if if that is um, something that's coming up within the family and do we talk about this or you know do we just is, is it just like oh well it's, this is the new norm now, but yeah it's mainly that we just want people to have conversations about it so for I guess you know our generation to be talking to their parents about it to be talking to their siblings and the wider community about it.
1: Mm. Can you talk about some of the like symbolisms? Um, and motifs throughout the play. Um, I know that um, the chickens is a big symbol. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little
0: bit about that? Yeah, well, you know, I think um, the chickens, you know, it's, it's so dense and so like, <laughs> um, because even the name Samoa, you know, um, more um, means chicken in Samoan. Um, but then the idea that it is the emblem, that is it's a sort of the chosen emblem of Samoa um, and it's not even endemic to Samoa is a really interesting thing. So it's, again, going back to what are these things that have been given to us and that we then accept and um, acclaim as our own uh, is really interesting. So um, I guess it's like the the idea, yeah, it, it fits in within the name, but it also fits in within, I guess... Um, uh, uh, the, the the idea of like the tour because the tour is n- known within Samoa as the top position right so then it becomes a chicken fight so hence why um, the humans sometimes take um, on chicken like um, characteristics um, and it's just used as a more theatrical way to sort of represent the fight mm. yeah
1: cool um are there any like specific moments or scenes throughout the play or characters even that you can particularly resonate with?
0: I mean, it's hard because you because I've written them, I, can, I kind of can relate to them all. And, and to talk about moments, you know, there's moments that I probably either, uh, stick with, me, but I don't want to give away because I obviously come and see the show. But um, yeah, I mean, they all kind of speak to me and they all have an argument and that's the that's the hard thing. And in, 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 in the writing, which was also kind of the easiest thing, was that, hey, we don't actually have to provide any of the answers because the questions uh, are too many and too big. So if we can just, present them and their different um, perspectives, that should be enough to sort of, sh- to sort of show that uh, the issue is actually quite, you know, like, yeah, there are two sides of the coin and we don't know what the answers are.
1: Mm.
0: But hopefully a conversation will... But, yeah, that's it. Just to, let's, should we have a conversation about it? But it is this thing where we can't, um, we can't define who's right or who's wrong. It's not about that. It's, it's actually just like, how do we all sit down and um, work this out?
1: Mm, yeah. Have there been any um real life experiences that have Um, inform certain characters or certain moments throughout the show?
0: Um, Well, you know, to go back to, um, I I guess, Billy the main character, for me, my and and what I could relate it to is, I guess, the Prime Minister in Cambodia, So, um, and who's still in the position, so um, refusing to give up power or, you know, going to hand it on to his children but then actually not still holding on to it himself. So... That was sort of my and for Billy, the character. Um, um, but then, uh, you know, it's always like, you're always going to draw off real people that you know... Um, uh, but as well as that, sometimes it's just a, you know the stories that you hear as well that you, you and then you and then as well as that um, you know it becomes a mixture of the research of like I guess the things that they represent. So yeah, you have like the the real thing that they represent or what the system that they represent. But then yeah, you you have to you do mix it in with people that you know as well. Yeah, it, it, it kind of you know it's like fiction and non-fiction and it's everything.
1: Did you come across any unexpected challenges during the script writing process?
0: well for me obviously just the amount of research and just um like I honestly felt like I was going to have an aneurysm trying to understand the fast you know and the complexity of it because Natana was like it's really it's really simple but I guess it is also really complex at the same time so like that was that was really that was really hard and really like a dense process for me but also just the nature of Uh, for for us um as co-writers that's always hard because um you know sometimes it's really organic and sometimes we have a plan we're like okay will you take this and you take this and then I'll take this scene and then it comes together and you're like ah we've written like several different plays in here like so it's that 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 nature of co-writing and um agreeing like making sure that we're on the same page along the way is um that it's it almost takes longer than if you were just writing by yourself because, you know, obviously you're just agreeing, not agreeing with yourself, but it's only yourself that you're working through with these things. And once you have a clear map, that's what you kind of go towards. But um, it's always trying to understand the other writer's point of view as well and why they, you know, why they think, why they're fighting for certain things and why you're fighting for certain things and, you know, and but like constantly coming back to the seed of the idea. Yeah, so it's, it's a more arduous process, I'd say, the co-writing
1: Mm. Uh, how do you um
0: how do you sort of deal with that <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean this is the second time we've done it and I'm sure every time we do it we're like we're never doing that again um but we you know um I think sometimes it's like just taking a break and just being like okay let's let's just like leave this for an hour or two like and just sort of like individually mull over it, and then we'll come back and be like okay right let's let's work this out again like How does does this work? How does this aid the story? Um, Is this the story? Let us be clear again with each other. Let's keep saying the story to each other, you know, and confirming that this is what we're uh, in agreement to talk about here. How long did it take you to write the script? Um, I I mean, I'd say it was, like, over... I mean, because we also just had... um, uh, yeah, it was during COVID. So I'd say like 2021 to 2022. But, you know, obviously it's had a few workshops as well, which we're you know, very fortunate to, um, you know, be having like additional amazing brains and um, people who are also of the culture to, you know, help aid the piece as well. Yeah, cool. So
1: the the play originally debuted at the KMO Festival in 2023. Um, how has it kind of evolved and how has it kind of Change to become this production um, at the ASB Waterfront Theatre in March
0: 2024. Yeah, I mean. You know, at the initial dreaming, um, and when you're writing the piece, we just sort of said, let's just dream as big as we can. If we, like, who, God, maybe we will never get this opportunity to put it on because it's too big a dream, but, like, let's just, like, you know, it's COVID, there's nothing else to do. If we were going to dream big, let's go for it, was the main thing. So um, vision-wise, yeah, we, um, there's, it's it's a big vision, and, um, you know, we, but we were sort of like, well, it's always been worked in increments so and as a lot of art has you know we just have to deal with I guess you know the funding situations and how we can develop so the first step was like yeah the writing process but then um, I guess the difference between um, maybe the 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 Kiamo season and this one would be that uh, obviously we'd had more time to edit but also we're, um, we're getting closer to the full vision of what started at the beginning in terms of, like, all the bells and whistles that we didn't get to explore in the first season because we just didn't have the funding for it. So, um, and, and not, that's not to say that this one will be the, uh, the final definitive one either. It's, like, there are always steps to how we can uh, make it, um, you know, more elevated. I guess as a
1: creative as well, it's always kind of difficult because you have a certain vision in your mind when you're creating this. And I've read through the script and it's, it's very clear that um, Natano and yourself have a very clear vision of how you want it to be portrayed. But when you're working with other pre- people, other brains, other creatives, actors, um, it can potentially get a little bit muddied as other visions come into play or issues like funding and and those sorts of um, I guess challenges so how do you work with these other people and brains to create a coherent vision um, do you kind of take on other ideas or are you quite um, no this is the way I want it to be
0: I really think it's always a sort of mixture of both because, you know, ultimately, being the writers as well, you always know what it is that you're after and trying to portray. But, um, you know, it works both ways. Sometimes... it's the surprise of like all these additional collaborators who come on and just make it so much more than you you know for some things envisioned um, and then if it's not sort of going the way that you want it to go away then it's sort of like well this is why we did it in the first place and this is what we were trying to um, establish here or convey here so try to bring them more to be on the same page with what the original idea was but yeah it can go a, a myriad you know of ways really um, and also with different actors that you know different bodies everyone just breathes into a different quality in life yeah
1: Mm. so what's next for you what are you are you working on something at the moment or Uh, I'm
0: always working on something at the moment and sometimes it's like something at the moment that was due like five years ago (laughs) so (laughs) um, but this has um taken a big chunk of our sort of brain space um so, yeah, it will be, it definitely be, I guess, uh, slowly going back to the other things that um, were, you know, previously on my plate and, um, you know, that you want to achieve as well, that you want to put out there, or that you want to explore. It's, yeah, it's, it's, um, I think we'll have a good well-deserved break after this one, um, but yeah, I am, you know, starting to think, okay, what else next as well?
1: Previews for Ole Pebelo, Linga Oi, Male Pala The Liar, The Thief and The Coward start on March 5th and you can get your tickets at atc.co.nz. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sarita. It has been a pleasure talking to you and I've learned so much and I cannot wait to see this epic play
0: take to the stage. Oh, thanks for having me, Maxine. Thank you for joining us for Backstage Pass. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to share it with your theatre-loving friends. And hit subscribe for more insightful conversations. Namanakitanga. Come intrigued, leave inspired.